Thousands of innocent people are shot to death in America every year. Is the gun to blame, and is the solution more government legislation and interference? What is the root cause of hatred that drives individuals to commit deeds of violence? Is the gun the problem? What causes our culture of violence? Find out on The Carter Report. Welcome back. We're talking about guns in America. God and guns in America. It's a fact. This is in the Western world, in the so-called enlightened world, the most violent culture. Mass killings has become, mass killings have become almost the norm rather than the exception. And the reason we're trying to explore. Why? What's, what's the reason? Now, there's a text in the Old Testament that gives me a clue. A few moments ago, we talked about the necessity of man being changed within. My contention today is it's not so much the gun. It's the violent culture that we have created. Now, some of you will disagree with this, but I want you to bear with me. I want you to come over here to the Old Testament, to the book of Daniel, chapter 4, and verse 33 and 34 talks about a man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar who was the great potentate of the mighty kingdom of the Babylonians. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He's the mighty king. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers, his nails like bird's claws. He went mad. And at the end of the time, my Nebuchadnezzar lifted my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. It's an historical fact that this man, Nebuchadnezzar, went crazy. He was crazy for, for seven years. And in the Bible, Nebuchadnezzar, when he's crazy, he's symbolic of the kingdoms of this world. Did you know this? He represents the kingdoms of this world who go crazy. Now, there's a lot of craziness today in the world and a lot of craziness in America. And the Bible says... His sanity was restored when he turned to God. He turned to God. And I'm suggesting today that the solution to the problem, the real solution, is when we get our sanity back and we turn to God. I was running a series of meetings in Australia and a young man, he seemed seemed young in those days. He must have been about 30 years of age. I thought he was a very young man. He came to the meetings. He had a name in town for being um, just a ruffian. He used to beat up his wife, always drunk, beating up people. Everybody had given up on Ray, including his wife, except God. And he came to the meetings and he gave his life to Christ 
This is, this is absolutely a true story. People said, what's happened to Ray? So we talked about cleaning out the well in the last segment of the program. God didn't paint the pump, didn't whitewash it. God changed his heart. Now, my friend, when God gets inside a person, God takes out the poison. I'm suggesting today this. Something has gone terribly wrong in the heart of America. And we need to address the real problem. No more pontificating, no more political solutions. Our problem is spiritual. We need to clean out the well and stop whitewashing the pump. And if you missed the first segment, you need to see it. Most Americans, including me, think that we are on the wrong track. And most Americans are coming to the opinion that I formed many years ago that our solution is not to be found in politics. We need more than political speeches. Would you please notice these deciding factors, these factors that are deciding our destiny? America has had great spiritual opportunities, great opportunities to walk in the light. I listen to the liberals on television and they seem to be putting down America's, America's heritage all the time and telling the people lies. Have you heard of this man, William Bradford? He was one of the first governors. He says, said this, they left that goodly and pleasant city which had been their resting place near 12 years, but they knew that they were pilgrims and looked not much on those things but lift up their eyes to heaven, their dearest country, and quieted their spirits. The people who founded America were a worshipping people, a Bible-reading people, a Christ-loving people, a law-abiding people. In 1774, the first act of America's first Congress, in, 19, in 1774, uh, what was it? It was to ask a minister to open with prayer and to lead Congress in the reading of four chapters of the Bible. And the liberals tell me, no, these people back there, all atheists, all socialists. No, that's a lie. Washington said these words, it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. This, this is what Washington said. He said, you can't govern America without God and the Bible. Now, I put it to you. If you get rid of God and if you get rid of the Bible, you're going to have anarchy and you're going to have lawlessness, crime. And that's what we seem to be doing. In 1787, Benjamin Franklin. I've heard people on television tell me that Franklin was an atheist. They say this idea about America having this great heritage of Christianity and all the rest of it, all lies. No, they're the liars. They're the liars. 1787, Benjamin Franklin declared, God governs in the affairs of men. 
And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, they're the words of Jesus. Is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? Without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building. No better than the builders of Babel. So kick God out of the schools and the government. Benjamin Franklin said, we're going to have the Tower of Babel. And that's what's happening in America. Now, I'm aware that other countries have had great spiritual opportunities, especially Great Britain, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Germany. These are the countries that had the great Protestant Reformation. But no country has had more opportunities to walk in the light, no country more than America. And some say that God shed his grace upon America because she was raised up to defend the truths of the Bible. You can't say that about Russia or China. God shed his grace on thee. America has had great light. But many today in this God-blessed nation are rejecting the God of our fathers and embracing a culture that is pagan to the core. And remember the text we had at the start of this program, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. There's a great ignorance of our Bible-based American heritage. We are not just another nation. I believe with all my soul in the belief of American exceptionalism. I do not believe that we were raised up to be just another nation. I believe that we were raised up to be a shining city on a hill. I believe that. I want you to think for a bit of the influence of secular education. Secular education where God is left out and where macroevolution is taught. That we have come from the swamps and that man is the product, notice it, of time plus matter plus chance. That's taught in every secular university. We are simply a cosmic accident. Man is simply the blind product of random choices. There's no eternal mind. There is no God. Now, this is called neo-Darwinism. The Bible is a myth. And there's no personal God. And the Bible is garbage. The most influential philosopher who shapes the minds of, of millions of American young people and Christians are oblivious to this. But the philosopher who has the greatest influence over the minds of millions of American young people is Frederick Nietzsche. Have I heard of him? Well, you should know about him. He's the person who um, 
is training your young people today. He said this, Christianity is called the religion of pity. Pity stands opposed to the tonic emotions which heighten our vitality. It has a depressing effect. We are deprived of strength when we feel pity. That loss of strength which suffering as such inflicts on life is still further increased and multiplied by pity. Pity makes suffering contagious. Does nobody realize today in America that Nietzsche was the philosopher who paved the way for Hitler and the Nazis? He was like, no, I can't believe it. This man, Hitler, slept with a copy of the Antichrist under his pillow. God is dead. And this is the stuff that is brainwashing the minds of millions of young people today around the world and in America. It's the philosophy that might is right. It is the religion of the Tower of Babel. It is the brainwashing of America's youth. The death of hope always leads to the hope for death. And we need a restoration of the faith of the Pilgrim Fathers. Unless you have that faith restored, there is nothing ahead of us. But hell and uncertainty. During the Second World War, the young German soldiers who went to the Russian front suffered terrible traumas to their minds and their bodies. And they discovered this, that the young German soldiers that got minor wounds on the Russian front, scratch, they recovered. No, that's what you would think. Those who got a scratch, they recovered. No, they died. But the ones who got major wounds on the Russian front they recovered when those with the scratch died. You know why? Because if you got a major wound, it meant you were going home. Hey, they're going to put me on a plane. I'm going to be back with mum and dad. Those with major wounds lived. Those with scratches died. Because those with major wounds had hope. And if you've got hope, you can face anything. But if there's no God, you have no rationale to have hope. And the death of God leads to the death of hope. And the death of hope leads to suicides. Last year's suicides were the highest in American history for at least 50 years, they say we have a booming and a marvelous economy and people are taking their lives. And other young men uh, are walking into places such as in Thousand Oaks and they're killing people. Why? I want you to look at this text, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. What I'm proclaiming here today is this. Look at me. Let me tell you. 
If this word is true, then there is a God who loves us and a Christ who died on the cross to save us. And there is a heaven and there is life after death. And if you have that, then you have in your soul a reason to live. Our liberal culture and the rejection of traditional American values. Let me comment on it. Not everything that comes from Hollywood and the media is bad. Just most of it. There's an excellent program that is put out by American media. I believe it's called Blue Bloods. It's about the police commissioner in New York City and his marvellous Roman Catholic family. And you see them on Sunday nights eating together and saying grace, and they go to church. And they, they're old-fashioned Americans. So not everything that Hollywood does is bad. But America is drowning in a sea of violence, sex, and greed. That's our religion now. If you're not too easily offended, you should go and see the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. It talks about raw American capitalism. Greed, 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 and you grind the person down into the ground, and the more you can take off people, the better. That, of course, is the religion of Nietzsche. That's the religion of the Antichrist. Now, don't laugh. Remember Little House on the Prairie? The Huxtables with Bill Cosby. Whatever he has done or had done does not obliterate the fact that his show was a good show on American values. Leave it to Beaver. Now the liberals are falling off their seats. It's a wonderful life with Jimmy Stewart. Ho, 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 ho. Who would believe that garbage? So what have we got in, in its place? Killing, murder. Filthy language. If you look at many modern movies, they're full of filthy language. Especially the F word. You know why? Because their acting ability is so low that they've got to shock you with something artificial. They've got to have so many special effects. Millions and billions they spend on special effects because they can no longer act. They can only swear. The religion of Babel. Now liberals mock. But the old, strong, decent, God-fearing America was the best place in the world. A better place. Time will not allow me to speak about the war and the Bible. When I was growing up in Australia, I was brought up in a culture that believed the Bible. I remember as a little boy going with my family to the Pound family. They had about 10 children. They sat around the big kitchen table. Old Mr. Pound, he wasn't that old. He sat up at the end of the table and he read from the Holy Scriptures. And they prayed together. You think they were going out and shooting up people? Did they have guns? Actually, they did. Yes, they did. Then we have the war on the Sabbath. Look at Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him not doing 
your own ways, not finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Um, the Sabbath. What will I say about the Sabbath as far as guns is concerned? Karl Barth, the greatest theologian of the 20th century and a great enemy of Hitler, loved these words. When the holy day, you find this in his writings, when the holy day becomes the day of man, society and humanity wither away and the demons rule. Hey, what's wrong with us? Why can't we get smart? You give up the Bible, you give up God, and you give up the Sabbath. And he said, the demons rule. They're ruling today in America. We need to return to the Bible and worshipping together on the Lord's Day. We need to go to church. People say it's boring. Well, just sit there and read your Bible. But you give up going to church as the family day at your own peril. Then we have the war on Christian marriage, Jewish marriage, Muslim marriage. One man and one woman. Boy, that's a strange concept. Matthew 19, 4 and 5. Answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. People say that. I don't believe that. Well, you can argue. You're just arguing with Jesus. The bedrock of society. Mums and dads. You have security, love, discipline and happiness. This one segment of American society where more than 70% of the mothers are single and much more in the inner cities and the kids are killing each other. Why don't we wake up to ourselves? Where are the fathers? They've skipped town. Deadbeats. They leave their children in poverty and insecurity and the gangs become the new families and thousands of young men are being killed Every year. Uh, Don Lemon of CNN said this, more than 72% of the children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And Don Lemon is an African-American. But he's a courageous one. I guess they'll call him a racist because he's saying... We need to have mums and dads. I don't care whether it's the black family or the white family or the brown family or the yellow family. We need mums and dads. Why are we afraid of the truth? Why do we cry racism? And it's just the truth. It's not racism, it's human nature. We're all the same inside. Whether we're black or we're white. The solution is this. That we recognize that we've been sowing to the wind. We wake up to ourselves. That we return to the values that made America great. 
God, Christ, church, the Sabbath, the Bible, and marriage. It's not getting rid of guns, but getting rid of hate, anger, revenge, resentment. That's why Jesus said, you've got to be born again. That's the solution. Look at Ezekiel 36, 25 and 26. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take away the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's the solution. You know what it is? God can change us and God can renew us. I've seen God do it in Russia. I've seen him do it with the leaders of the mafia. Uh, This man standing here had an army of 400. Used to go around shooting people. Then he came to Christ. Christ didn't whitewash the pump. He gave him a new heart. So what's the solution to the violence in America? More regulations from the government? More speeches from the politicians? More lectures? No. What we need is to come to Jesus and be born again. When we come to Jesus, when we are born again, we become different people. So remember this, God loves you. Christ can renew you. Find a good church. There are some. Read your Bible every day. And love your neighbor as yourself. Amen Amen and amen. There's only one thing that really counts in this lifetime, your relationship to Christ. And then if you have a right relationship with Christ, you want to tell people about Christ. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. By the grace of God, we're going to do that. We are doing that. That is why we're going back to Cuba, to this communist land, to preach Christ. We're accepting an invitation to go to the the vast, huge city of Manila, the capital of the Philippines. Been there before, but by the grace of God, we're going back. Please support us and please stand with us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. You say, how do you do it? Who who pays the bills? We do. Do you get any help, financial help from the church? No, my friend, we don't. But we get a lot of help from God and from his children. Please support us in the preaching of the everlasting gospel. It's the most important work in all the world. Everything else is almost trivia. So would you please write to me? John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900 Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Do your best for Jesus. 
do your best for the gospel. And in Australia, write to me at Terrigal. And we promise you this, every dime, every dollar is going to be used to win souls to our Lord Jesus Christ. Please write to me today. Thank you and God bless you. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.